Hello and welcome to the Do One Better podcast in philanthropy, sustainability, and social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Alberto Ligi from London. Please subscribe to the show, makes a huge difference indeed, and please share widely with others. Today, we are talking about instilling enterprise skills in today's youth, the disadvantaged kids in our society who could benefit from that social entrepreneurial spirit. And we have Bill Muirhead, who is Managing Director at the Peter Jones Foundation. And it's a pleasure to have you on board, Bill. And for those of you who do not know, Peter Jones, very well known here in the UK and, and many international circles as well. He's an entrepreneur who's done uh, tremendous things and he is uh, a bit of a celebrity as well. So he's been in the uh, he's been an investor in the Dragon's Den uh, TV show on the BBC. Bill, welcome on to the Do One Better podcast today. Thank you for having me, Alberto. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Well, it's great that you uh, could make the time. And um, why don't we start by finding out a little bit about the Peter Jones Foundation? What's it all about? Sure. Well, as you said, Peter Jones is a pretty well-known character here in the UK, certainly one of the UK's most high-profile entrepreneurs. I think that's fair to say. But I guess what not everybody knows about him is that he's someone who's really genuinely passionate about enterprise education and supporting young people, the next generation, not just of entrepreneurs, but of intrapreneurs. And he set up the foundation back in 2005. Uh, initially, it was a bit of a broad vehicle for philanthropy. But as we've developed, we've really become a charity that champions enterprise skills and our mission is to improve socioeconomic young, sorry, socioeconomic outcomes for young people by helping them develop a broad range of enterprise skills. And uh, within that, we look for over 60% of the young people we work with to be from disadvantaged backgrounds. Um, so you know, that's what we're all about. We, we do that through a number of programs. We have a national enterprise competition called Tycoon. We have a network of what we call Peter Jones Enterprise Academies who are delivering courses in business, enterprise and entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And we support young people post 18 through our alumni program. Excellent. Excellent. Do you operate mainly in the UK or is it inter international? Uh, mainly in the UK. Uh, we, we operate with around about 700 schools across the UK. Um, we have supported around about 12,000 young people to set up and run a business as part of their education. But we're beginning to look further afield. Um, we've got a nice program in the UAE, a number of schools in, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi um, doing our tycoon program. We've got a bit of a footprint in Shanghai and Hong Kong. And we see a real market internationally for, for the sorts of things that we do. And you know, for me, that's incredibly exciting. Yeah. Um, it would be great to be part of developing a network of young people coming through, sharing young student businesses and, and you know, learning all about business, enterprise and entrepreneurship along the way. Sure, sure. And what are enterprise skills? Good question. Good question. You know, there are a number of different definitions out there. And, you know, there are lots of organizations, as you'd imagine, working in the space. Uh, one framework that is quite um, widely used is Skills Builder. Mm -hmm. Skills Builder have put together a framework, and our uh, definition of enterprise is based loosely on theirs. Uh, we have 
some core enterprise skills, communication, creativity and innovation, digital skills, financial skills, seeing if I can remember them all, leadership, problem solving, teamwork, uh, self-management and resilience. Uh, that's our list. And actually everything we do through our programs tracks learning against those core skills. And um, if, if you compare them to, say, Skills Builder or some of the other frameworks that are out there, I suppose the ones that stick out are digital, uh, mm -hmm. financial, and that whole piece, you know, particularly relevant now, I suppose, around resilience and self-management. Um, and, you know, one thing that I believe very strongly with programs like ours is that you, know, you can go through the experience of setting up and running a business, for example, as a young person in school and, you know, you can learn a lot and you can develop a lot of those skills, but it's so important at the end to reflect and um, learn how to articulate that journey and how to tell that story. And in a way, that's one of the things we mean by self-management. It's that ability to identify what you've learned, to set yourself goals, to understand, you know, what went well, what didn't go so well, um, and really to be in ownership of your own of your own development. So we really encourage young people um, at the end of any of our programs to to take some time to do that, to really sort of articulate their their learning journey. That's great. And so you mentioned you, you, you're working currently with about 700 schools. Sure. Was it difficult getting to that number of schools? And is it difficult to interact with that number of schools? Uh, I think it takes time, but we've got pretty good retention. So, you know, year on year, the the program is growing. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's been easier with our Tycoon Enterprise competition than with our courses and qualifications. Um, that's, a, if you like, a more challenging landscape. Um, but, you know, the, the programs are in growth and we're happy with how they're developing. One one thing that maybe is a bit counterintuitive, but it, it stuck uh, in my head when we had a conversation, and I think you mentioned that actually, uh, you know, your, your objective is to a great extent to, to reach out to uh, marginalized communities, at-risk youth, and so forth, and that there is oftentimes more traction within schools in such segments than there are within more affluent uh, demographics. A lot of what we do through our programs is project-based learning mm -hmm. and um, I, I think a lot of teachers would agree that um, young people are perhaps less academically inclined um, perhaps young people that are kind of falling off the radar at risk of being neat and so on can sometimes respond better to programs that really embrace learning by doing mm -hmm. so it's it's you know less about sitting in a classroom being you know talk to reading books you know that sort of more traditional teaching and more about you know here's a project go off and do it and you know in in, in the case of the tycoon program it's you know, here's some money go off and do it mm -hmm. so you know young people will get together in teams they'll write a business plan um they'll send it to us we'll have a look at it and um, you know, schools can borrow up to £3,000 to give to their students to set up and run businesses. So you, you can actually be quite ambitious in, you know, in, in the world of student businesses. Um, and I think that's really empowering for somebody who you know, perhaps ha hasn't done so well academically to be told, look, we're going to back you. We're going to give you some money to, to pursue this idea 
And it's not just about making money, um, although that would be great. Mm. It's about what you learn along the way. And you know, going back to my earlier point, we'll take some time at the end to really knuckle down and establish what you learned so that you know when it comes to an application form to UCAS form to to a CV a little bit further down the line you know you've got something of real value to put in there and yeah not only that it's about self-esteem and self-confidence and and mental health yeah Uh, you know we found that young people who go through our programs can come out the other end with a massive you know sense of achievement and as I say really sort of increased self-esteem and confidence um, so, yeah, I think yeah, long answer to your question, but um, I think it does play out well um, in, in those schools and those providers that are dealing you know, with, with, with tough kids who, who come from very challenging backgrounds. And you know, we, we have made an effort working with um, multi-academy trusts, for example, to go out to you know, those coastal rural areas, those areas of opportunity um, to ensure that our programs are reaching um that profile of learner. No, that's uh, that's really good. Tell us a little a little bit about the tycoon program itself. So, how does the tycoon program work? It sounds quite interesting in terms of the funding that one could get as a student to try out an entrepreneurial venture. Well, I, I would say this, but I love tycoon. I think it's a fantastic program, um, and it's it's really simple. Uh, it's it's a program that any school can run it's open to primaries it's open to secondaries um it's open to colleges uh we've we've even piloted um tycoon outside of mainstream education with um people leaving the military early for example um Mm -hmm. and so it's successful in a lot of different settings but whether you're doing it as a primary school kid or you know someone who's left the military as an adult the the process is very simple you know, you write a business plan, you come up with an idea, uh, you send that to us. For us, that's that's effectively a loan application. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we look at that as long as it you know, makes general sense. We might give some feedback. Uh, we will lend you the money to set up and run that business. And it's a goodwill loan. Uh, it's risk free. So if you go off and you make a loss, we write that loss off as a charity. Right. Um, if you make a profit. It's actually at the discretion of the school as to what to do with that profit. Um, we can't, as a charity, ask um, for any profit to be given to us. Yeah, there's actually no obligation uh, to schools to give us any yeah, money no. at all from the profits. Um, and what what school tycoon businesses tend to do is set themselves up for social enterprises. And you know, we're all for that. So usually the profit will go to a local charity um, something the school is trying to raise money for, for example. And, and what's great about that is, you know, that it gets young people thinking about community and thinking about, um, you know, sustainability and, um, you know, the broader impact of business and how business can be a force for good. Mm. Um, so, yeah, that's the program. And, you know, th- th- there's obviously a trading stage and an evaluation stage uh, that goes with it as well. Great. And so if you're a young person listening to this and your school is involved with the tycoon program, then that's the route. Um, If you're listening to this and you're a young person and your school is not involved with it or you're not in school or um, you can just contact the Peter Jones Foundation directly and submit an application directly. Or must you go through uh, through a school or 
or some other sort of structured channel? Uh, it has to really come from a teacher. So okay. um, if you're a young person, um, you know, talk to your teacher about it. If the school wants to get involved, they just go to tycoon.com, register. It's a free program. Um, you can run it in the autumn. You can run it in the spring. You can run it across the autumn and the spring. So there's a lot of uh, flexibility in terms of how you deliver it. But it's 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 really easy to get involved. And that are the teachers involved with it, or is it more the foundation and the student directly, or do the teachers get to um, sort of, I guess, mentor or support the the the, the young person as well? Uh, well, it's run through a digital platform. Uh, okay. The, the um, it, it certainly needs more teacher time at primary level, um, because you know, in terms of safeguarding and GDPR and the rest of it, we can't give. Um, students their own personal logins at primary Mm -hmm. Um, but once you get to key stage four key stage five which is basically secondary school Mm -hmm. um, then you can have your own login as a student and what that means is that students can take a lot of ownership for the program you know there's a ceo for the business if you like and that ceo can delegate tasks amongst his team and you need a teacher, let's be honest, to really kind of drive in and encourage the students sure. um, and, and you know, to be that figurehead in, in the school. But certainly um, students can take a lot of ownership for, for, for it themselves. Mm. What are some of the remarkable anecdotes that you might have of, of ventures that have flourished? Oh, gosh, you know, we've had some amazing things over the years. Um, we had a... a a group, the name of the business was Least to Learn. Mm. And they um, were sixth form students and they they lived, they, their school was in quite a disadvantaged area and they identified the fact that a lot of families didn't have uh, computers at home, you know, or didn't have good computers at home. So uh, there were students in their school that were really struggling with doing homework and, and learning at home. Um, Obviously, given the events of the last few months, that would be, you know, an even bigger challenge. But um, this was a couple of years ago. And what they did was set up a business refurbishing old school IT laptops Mm -hmm. and so on, and then leasing um, that hardware out. Uh, And they turned a profit. I think they they borrowed around about 300 quid and turned in a profit of about 5,000 pounds in it in just one term huh. uh, you know, for a student. Not so bad. It's not so bad. It's not shabby. So, uh, and what, what the reason I picked that out is um, that's an example of a tycoon legacy business. So uh, it was so successful that those students obviously moved on, but the, the business remained within the school. Um, and, um, as far as I know, to this day, is having a really kind of positive impact in terms How of about that? learning. So, yeah, there are loads of examples I could give you, but that one just came to mind. No, that's a great one. And the Tycoon program, is that disconnected from the, the, the Peter Jones Enterprise Academy or must they be connected? No, it's it's a separate program okay. entirely. So you can you can do Tycoon, um, you know, for a term. Uh, if you decide it's not for you, then you've done it for a term and and you're out of there um mm-hmm. that, that doesn't happen too often we as i say we have quite good kind of retention rates for that for that program um the the peter jones enterprise academy is is kind of our flagship so okay. it's, it's for sixth form students 
um, who who really want to take business, enterprise, and entrepreneurship seriously. And tell our tell our audience because many of them won't know what a sixth form is. Um, what age bracket is that? So it's kind of sixteen to eighteen. Mm-hmm. You know, you're sixteen to eighteen years old here in the UK. You're you're doing your A levels, um, or you're doing a you know a, a BTEC level three qualification, for example. Um, and you know, we offer a range of courses, big chunky two year courses. Uh, you know, smaller one-year courses in business, enterprise, and entrepreneurship. We, we work very closely with Pearson mm-hmm. um, on those qualifications. And um, so, and I should be clear, Peter Jones Enterprise Academy, you know, some people think that is a building. Um, it's not. It's, it's, it's effectively a school um, branding their business department as a Peter Jones Enterprise Academy or a PJEA, as we call them. And in doing so, they're positioning themselves as a center of excellence for enterprise and entrepreneurship and working in collaboration in partnership with our foundation to really um, inject that, ma- you know, that, that maximum amount of enterprise into the course. So um, you know, to give you a couple of examples, uh, we, we are fortunate through Peter Jones have a really strong network of entrepreneurs, investors, business leaders, and a lot of them are very you know, kind enough to give their time uh, to help develop some of our resources. So we have a set of flash challenges, for example. Um, mm-hmm. so if, you're, if you're a Peter Jones Enterprise Academy student, you'll have access to 20 flash challenges. They've all been developed with entrepreneurs, with corporates. Um, what is a flash challenge? It's yeah. going back to that idea of, of project-based learning. So it's a project set by a, a business. Um, if, you're a, if you're a PJEA student, you do that project, you submit it to us. We assess it with our um, business partner and there's a prize attached for the best entry across the network of Peter Jones Enterprise Academies. Uh, so it's a very sort of simple way of uh, motivating young people to uh, sink their teeth into um, a challenge based in the real world of business and entrepreneurship. And yeah, important to say it's fun. You know, sure. It's project-based learning, but it, it, it's a lot of fun. And um, I think young people get a lot of reward from from the process of of doing those projects alongside a pretty robust course uh in in business and enterprise and obviously coming out the other end of the qualification that it's very well recognized and now you're not just along the students you know you're not just alongside the students when they're doing the qualification itself but also you have an alumni network yeah that's right so um obviously the the students on our courses leave around about the age of 18 they go out into the big bad and increasingly challenging world sure and um they have our ongoing support so we have an alumni network that um yeah holds events um holds webinars holds workshops um you know communicates with that network of young people who've come off our courses um and yeah, you know, it, it was great actually literally today i got an email from one of our alumni who through the COVID-19 pandemic has um, set up uh, an initiative of his own to support young people. Um, and yeah, he's done this fantastic um, 
uh, initiative called Adam Start. His name's Adam Bradford. Mm-hmm. Um, and he went to our, our, our Sheffield Peter Jones Enterprise Academy. And he he basically set up a, a, an innovation challenge. I think he had around about a thousand entries from across the world um, from from young people. And you know, he he got going on that journey at, you know, at the age of 17 by joining the Peter Jones Enterprise Academy. So that's a really nice part of my job, you know, receiving emails from time to time from alumni who have gone on to do great things and are, are making impacts of their own in, in the space that we're working in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's a question that maybe is obvious, but maybe it's not. Um, why is uh, the entrepreneurial spirit and, un- and enterprise skills, why are they so important in today's world? What is it that we as a society can um, benefit from by ensuring that today's youth are, are equipped with these skills and also that um, that the corporate world uh, can benefit from? You know, I think it's a really good question. I mean, you say it's an obvious question, but, you know, one of the things that, that frustrates me is that enterprise education is not yet embedded in the curriculum here in the UK. You know, I think if you go to schools in Scandinavia, for example, they have a much, I would say, healthier um, attitude towards enterprise education. And I think something like somewhere between 15 and 20 percent of young people who come out of schools in places like Finland, Norway, come out of school having set up and run a business. Um, so, um, I think it's, it's a really pertinent question because I don't think, um, the, you know, enterprise education is as recognized as it should be, um, certainly here in in the UK. And, um, part of what we're trying to do with other organizations working in the space is, is move the needle, if you like, from nice to do to need to do so that schools, you know, it's great. You'll go to a school and they'll have an enterprise program as a kind of after school club or something like that. But what we want to see is it running through everything. So if you go to, you know, see a school play, you know, the students have you know, designed the program and sold advertising in the program and they've, uh, you know, looked after the budget for the production and the rest of it, just to give you kind of one example. Mm. Um, but um you ask, you know, why do I think it's important in the world that we're, we're confronted with? And you know, with all that's gone on, I, I take quite an optimistic view. You know, I think um, once the immediate health crisis subsides and we're facing up to probably an even greater economic crisis in the wake of COVID-19, you know, we're going to need entrepreneurs. We're going to need job creators. We're going to need wealth creators to get us out of that those economic challenges you know and that's across the world so the need for the sorts of courses that we're doing the sort of programs we're running is you know greater than ever and if you add to that you know trends that we were seeing before covid19 um you know trends like the rise of the side hustle uh, mm-hmm. there was a report recently by godaddy um that found yeah, I, I think something like a 30, 32% increase over the last decade in um, the number of people setting up a side hustle. Um, right, right. I think, I think it's increased as a search term I was reading uh, on Google by about 62%. Um, and the, the point I'm making there is that you know, increasingly young people are 
um, not following a, a traditional career path. I think they're looking at more of a kind of portfolio in terms of how they earn an income. They might have a main job, but they might have a side hustle or two mm. on the side. So, um, you know, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or not, those enterprise skills, that entrepreneurial mindset it is is really important to develop. And you know, the final point I'd make is that you know, employers have been telling us for some time now that there's a lack of skills and experience in people coming out of schools. Mm. Uh, you know, the, to cite another report, I think it was by Pearson, who I say we work with very closely, um, they found that 60% of employers value broader skills such as listening and problem solving, which, you know, can relates back to the to the enterprise skills that we champion. So, uh, you know, employers need the skills uh, that we're hoping, hopefully helping young people develop. But more than that, you know, the, the world needs those entrepreneurial young people coming through, uh, you know, now more than ever. Um, yeah. And, and I haven't even touched on sustainability and, you know, ha- how important that is. Um, and, you know, we'll all be aware of the SDGs. And one, one of the heartening things to see in, in the young people that, that do our programs is how they're so switched on to sustainability and the environment. And um, again, I was looking at some work from some of those students I mentioned doing tycoon in, in the UAE just this morning. They they sent in some video pictures of their businesses and Great. every single one of them, you know, when they were talking about packaging, we're talking about, you know, the sustainability and being environmentally conscious and you know, business ethics in the broadest sense. So it's great to see that, but so important for for, for charities like ourselves to to nurture that um, in in young people that sort of awareness. Absolutely. What are you What are you looking for in terms of the next ten years? And what is it that if we're having this podcast in ten years' time, how would you define success for then? What are the sort of things that you'd love to achieve by then? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. It's a difficult one at the moment, isn't it? Who sure. knows? Um, yeah, who knows what the world's going to look like in in ten years' time? Um, yeah, I'd go back to that point I said around kind of moving the needle from mm-hmm. um, from nice to do to need to do. You know, I, I walked into a school. Um, you know, about a year ago now, and they were a school that really championed um, modern foreign languages. Mm-hmm. And, you know, foreign languages is, is another area that I'm passionate about, and you you don't see enough of that, in my view, in schools anymore. But this particular school, um, you know, their USP, if you like, was that every child, no matter what, um, learned two languages. Um, that, that, that's quite uncommon these days. Um, certainly here in the UK. Um, and everywhere you walked in that school, there were, you know, signposts in Chinese. And um, you just saw it bleeding into the very fabric of the school. And I'd like to see that, but for enterprise. You know, I'd like, um, you know, schools to have, you know, student businesses through their corridors at break time selling things. Um and it, 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 every subject head to be looking at the enterprise angle in what they teach mm. and, and linking. You know, we used to talk about the catchphrase used to be 
you know, linking learning to earning. But it's so important um, to make, you know, content relatable and relatable to the world of work and to career paths. And you know, that's fundamentally what, what enterprise is all about. So uh, I'd like to see that shift, you know, culturally uh, across schools uh, in the UK. That's probably number one. And, you know, number two, um, and, you know, as I said, we're seeing it already. It, it's just being part of, um, you know, nurturing young people to become more enterprising, but more, um, you know, aware and tuned in to the challenges that are that are facing us globally. And you know, we talk a lot about the sort of four P's, don't we, at the moment of people, planet, purpose and profit. Mm. And um, I think if we're nurturing young people um, who are going into business with that sort of a mindset, with those sort of measures of success against those pillars, then um, that's going to going to you know, make a difference. And, you know, that's what, um, you know, I get out of bed for is to Great. you know make a difference. And, and hopefully, um, you know, the young people that, that do our programs, um, you know, benefit in that in that respect. Absolutely. How did you get into all of this, by the way? How did you end up being this, uh, the MD um, of the Peter Jones Foundation? Um, gosh, how long have we got? Um, I'm someone who took a long time to find my lane, let's put it that way. Okay. And um, I recently turned 50 and you kind of look back and, and reflect a little. Um, yeah, I was talking about you know, the crazy amount of jobs I did between the age of kind of 18 and about 32. Um mm. You know, I worked in a in a photo processing factory. I was an usher in a cinema. I did door to door encyclopedia sales. Excellent. I helped with a speed dating company. Excellent. You know, um, I spent three years in Chile setting up a bar. Um, <laughs> and you know, it's actually after that that period in Chile that I kind of came back and I got a job in the welfare to work sector mm-hmm. and um, working with. It's long-term unemployed people some of them had you know done time and, and come out of prison and you know working with them to get them into work and to turn their lives around um had a really sort of big impact on me and it was sort of then that i kind of the penny dropped in a way and i can look back on what i had done and said you know i've learned a lot by doing yeah um, not in the traditional academic sense of going on courses and um reading books even i i've just developed lots of skills by doing lots of different jobs yeah and um i can kind of craft that into a cv and drop that in into an interview and get a reasonably good job and actually you know you've had interesting lives you might not have had a traditional education but if you look at um you know you know the, the challenges you've overcome and so on then you know we can make you more employable and we can turn your life around and that's really when I started my my career path and um you know that that eventually took me um to to Coca-Cola uh, Coca-Cola Enterprises as it was then where I I led their community education program for 10 years um and you know, really enjoyed my time there you know learned a lot again uh and then joined the foundation uh, about three and a half years ago initially to lead on on programs um but um yeah the start of, of this year um became md what's the key takeaway you'd love for the audience to keep in mind if they um once they once they finish listening to today's episode what's that key thing that you think would be great for them to keep in mind 
Well, I mean, thanks for asking. Um, do you know what it is? I, I, I think, you know, if, if what I've said today kind of resonates with you um, as a listener, um, I just ask you to, you know, talk to the educators and the young people in your lives. You know, we're all connected to to kids or to schools, you know, as parents, as uncles, as aunts. Um, you know, we might you might have teachers that are tuning in. So, you know, we all have an opportunity to ask the question, you know, whether that's to a teacher or a young person, you know, what did you do? Um, you know, what do you do today or this week that was enterprising? And, you know, what's your school doing to encourage enterprise? And if if the answer is a blank stare and like, don't know, um, what do you mean by enterprise? Then, you know, look us up and, you know, Tycoon is a great place to start. It's free. Um, it'll, it'll, it won't cost you anything but a little bit of time. And um, so, yeah, the answer to your question is really, you know, just ask the question and, and have enterprise education on your radar is something that, you know, you might not have thought about before, but that is actually you know, really important in the world that we're facing up to. Indeed, indeed. Bill Muirhead, Managing Director at the Peter Jones Foundation. Thank you ever so much for joining us today. And to our listeners, thank you as always. It means a lot that you're tuning in every week. Please subscribe and please share widely with others. Bill, really an absolute pleasure having you on the Do One Better podcast today. Thank you for having me, Alberto. Absolute pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Do One Better podcast. If you want to find out more about our show, about our guests, additional links and resources, visit our website at liji.org. That's L-I-D-J-I dot org. And don't forget, success at the Do One Better podcast is about inspiring you to be more philanthropic, to think more about sustainability, and to embrace social entrepreneurship. Hopefully, these stories will encourage you to take action and change the world around you for the better.